There, good evening. Welcome to Revolutionary Health, presented by the Counter Narrative Project. Uh, my name is Johnny Cornegay, and I am the Mobilization and Network Director, and I am joined by... My name is David Malbranch. I am a physician and public health advocate and activist. <laughs> and I am super excited to announce that we have a special guest who is actually joining us virtually, and we're going to bring them up and have them introduce, our, introduce themselves. Um, so, uh, our special guest, we're bringing you in now. Can you introduce yourself? Yes, I'm L. Michael Gibson. I am a founder and principal of Faithwalk LLC, a consulting practice, and the founder of Black Bear Brotherhood of Detroit. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much. So, we're going to have a good time, y'all, because <laughs> um, we want to have, okay, so before we get started, though, because um, we're going to have a fun conversation, I want to let people know a couple of things. So please um, like us on Facebook. If you are, if you enjoy what you're seeing, please hit the heart button, let us know. You can also ask us questions during this live show. And I promise you, we will do our best to get to your questions and comments. But if we miss those questions and comments, I'm gonna apologize in advance. We will do our best to get to them, I promise you. Secondly, you can follow us on Twitter at Building Desire, and you can follow us on Instagram at The Counter Narrative. And to see all of our past shows for Revolutionary Health, you should go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. So you could go right over the YouTube, search for The Counter Narrative, and you can find all of our past videos. We kind of about 25 videos now. Yeah, so this yeah. is, I believe this is show 25. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got a lot. So yeah, there's a lot of good topics back there. So you can scroll through them. The topics are related to the videos. So check out the ones you're interested in or just watch them all if you have the time. You can binge on them like Netflix. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and thank you to everybody who's um, already joining us. Definitely say what's up. I see that there are people tuning in live. So um, we are going to talk about beards. And um, a lot of different aspects to beard. So we're going to talk about beard health. We're going to talk about beard and culture. We'll even get into, I'm sure, some fetish stuff and what that all means. But um, so as we jump into this, right, I had, um, when I was in college, so uh, I had a beard for a very long time coming out of high school. Mm -hmm. I was in college and like I tend to do, decided that I was going to just cut my beard off one sure, day because sure. I was feeling like that was in my spirit. Hey there, Ed Scott. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, cut my beard off, went to school, and a woman who worked at the school like literally chastised me, telling me that I looked like a 10-year-old. Why would I cut my beard wow. off? It was like a whole thing, and it was the first time that I actually became aware of how uh, black women viewed beards at that time. And then I just, then I discovered it was just not black women. So it was the first time that I became aware of the importance of facial hair yeah, oh, <laughs> in our community. And so I wanted to start there and open up, like, when did you first realize that facial hair was important to our folks? Was there a thing? What happened? Well, I had, I had the same experience. I'm sure Michael, because he got a full-fledged beard. I just have this little soul patch. <laughs> Half goatee. But I 
do, you know, I've noticed that, you know, in the past when I, I shaved my mustache or my goatee, mm -hmm. you know, people notice and they're like, you look different. And I noticed that people will like, they'll scrunch up their face at me. Like, mm -hmm. mm, I don't like that too much. And they're not afraid to vocalize about right. it. Like, and it won't be that you'll look 10 years old, but it's like, yeah, I don't like you like that. Grow back your facial hair. Mm -hmm. And so I've experienced that a lot. So I know that facial hair is important. And I think it's a lot about masculine culture. Um, it's about what we view as attractive and what's handsome, uh, what's distinguished. And I think it has, it also changes along with age grouping. Mm -hmm. So when you're younger, it may be a certain way, but then when you get a little older, it kind of adds a little bit of distinguished. And then you can yes. add into it. I don't know if Michael wants to chime in on this, but like the difference between having like a full, like just a black beard. Cause I know some brothers are like, dye their beards black yes. and then others let the salt and pepper kind of come in and some people like the salt and pepper but some people just want the black right yeah i look like father time when i let my gray grow out and <laughs> um yeah no uh, and i enjoy i'm still vain enough to enjoy getting compliments when i say i'm 43 and people are like you're what mm -hmm. no because you know when you fat you got the baby face situation so <laughs> like i was like um no but the second you have the gray nobody's shocked about 43 they're like oh of course yeah i might have thought older no um so yeah so no this gets nice and dark you know nice and uh dyed at like probably about twice a week because you know i don't i'm not one of these people who like to have my root showing my blonde root showing okay. and so i have to make sure that those are gone um and of course i made sure i did a special freshener before we got to this <laughs> this show um, but I also think that one of the things we um, we didn't mention is that beards or any kind of facial hair on black men is code for being kind of racially down, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. you know, like you're 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 comfortable being black. You like being black mm -hmm. um, if you have some kind of facial hair. Right. And whereas we signal the absence of any facial hair as being oh, somebody who's trying to assimilate. Um, mm. You know, because the beard is not something that's easily. I mean, I know people who do perm their beards, but that's more of a recent thing. Right. Um, historically, beards are the thing that give you away, right? Like, you know, they are what they are. They are un unapologetically black. Right. You're Uncle Tom if you're clean shaven. Yeah. Yeah. Which may, which may be unfair. You know, some people just can't grow facial hair. Or maybe it's fair. We don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> well, interesting because I remember a period of time in like my corporate career when having a goatee was about as far as I would go. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until um, maybe like the mid 2000s when I think I felt comfortable. I had reached a certain level in my corporate career where I felt comfortable enough like growing right. my beard out on a, on a regular basis. So I went from kind of having a, during my college years, having a series of weird beard experiences to going to mostly goatee, then coming back to like full beard, which is I'm, most of the time I'm full beard, but there was a period of time when I just felt like I couldn't do that. Right. I, the only time I've really grown a beard is we were sharing this off air before we came on was um, No Shave November, which is every November they do this prostate cancer awareness thing. So you don't shave and you don't do anything. Like if you want to be curious about it, you don't trim. You don't edge, you don't do none of that. You just grow it out for the entire month. And I remember I grew it out and um, 
one of my exes was like, and we had broken up, I think a, a year before that or something. He was like, I always told you, you look good in the beard. And like, you know, it was just kind of a little bit of an edge to it, you know? <laughs> and then other people were like, oh, I really like you with the beard. And other people were like, shave it off. And then at the end of the month, you know, I, you know, you, you don't need to give a fuck about what everybody else thinks. You have to do what you feel comfortable with. And for me, it was just an itching issue. Cause when mm. I went to the beard when I was living in Philly and everybody has beards in Philly, like Philly yes. is like Philly beard, beard culture. Some of it has to do with, there's a lot of Muslim brothers Absolutely. over there. And some of it just has to do with just the way black men are cultured in Philadelphia. Like it's a status symbol to have like a full, like really crispy beard that's like out and like all over the place. It doesn't have, it's not like this kind of clean shaven here that yes. you see here where it's, the edges are nice and sharp. Like it's gotta be really full. Like you could put a bird's nest in it. <laughs> like, you know, that's the thing, the bigger the beard, the better. But right. I, remember, I remember just people being one way or the other, but for me, it just got itchy. So I was like, fuck it at the end of the day. Um, can we talk, a, you know, speaking of a full beard. So David, I want to talk a bit about, there's skin things. Of course, razor bumps are the first things I think that we notice when it comes to right. like beards. Can we talk a little bit about skin, how beards can uh, can affect the skin? Yeah, I um I wanted to say, because I think it's one of the reasons, Michael, I don't know whether this is your story or Johnny, this is your story as well, but I know a lot of folks who they grew a beard because they bumped up easily. Yep. And so yeah. what happens is like the technical term for it is called um pseudofolliculitis barbae, which just means it's kind of like an inflammation of the hair follicles but around like it can be on the back of the neck when you get a close fade it can be under your beard or on your face and usually it's just you know when you shave your skin too close or when you use a certain kind of razor or if you shave against the grain um they tell you to always shave down instead of shaving up and so what happens is that people bump up a little bit the hair follicles with black men's hair is going to be coarser our hair is going to be coarser than white people's hair so it curls out under so if you shave real close that hair is going to curl underneath and then it's gonna keep curling as it grows and it forms a little bump and then your immune system starts to attack it. It can mm. become infected by, by skin bacteria, all this kind of other stuff happens. Um, and then you really have a problem. So that's kind of where it starts. But I know a lot of people like start off growing beards because they can't shave close. And that's one of the treatments that you know dermatologist or a skin doctor will tell you, will say, well, if you have this folliculitis condition, grow your beard out because mm -hmm. that way the hairs will come out of the skin eventually your body will work it out and then they won't be curling out under the skin anymore mm. we've had some people chime in um maurice i'm going to call that out because we just maurice said yep that's exactly why i started to grow out the bumps um uh well that and four boys so that's <laughs> yes be honest maurice thank you hey, so much it can, be, it can be both reasons maurice so you can grow it for the health reasons and grow it for a boy do what you do yes michael was that um in a similar experience as well no i mean so you know i think it's interesting i think we as a black culture have cycles in which beards are in vogue and not in vogue unless you live in philly where it's always in vogue no matter the decade mm -hmm. um you know because i just remember growing up and seeing Teddy Pendergrass being like this oh, virile, bearded man. I mean, and, and and we all can like pretty much say that Teddy without the beard was not the same as Teddy with the beard, Teddy. right? Like it just was not as hot, <laughs> um, when, you know, back in the 70s when he was clean shaven. Um, and so I think like in the 90s, I was very clean shaven or had a, um, I always kept a mustache because that was my black code um, that I was down. Um, some of the jobs I'd had when I was younger, when you're not able to have kind of white collar jobs, um, 
have prohibitions against certain kind of facial hair. Like you couldn't only have like the most they would allow was a goatee and then the goatee had to be very well groomed, very well trimmed. So I think there was a lot of policing of our skin. And so, and you would try to explain to an employer, like I will bump up if I, if I do it the way you want me to do it. Right. Um, in my case, I had bumps, but only in certain areas. And then you spend a fortune on products like Tin Skin to manage it. Um, you know, back in the early 90s, everybody swore by Noxzema as the bump management <laughs> thing. Like, we all, you know, we Not talk about like black women in here. Magic, magic Shave. They used to use Magic Oh, shave. yeah. I tried Magic Shave. So, Magic Shave, I tried it twice right. because I'm hard headed. Once was not getting burned the first time was not enough. Because <laughs> um, it looked so good the first time I did it in the first day. And then the next day, <laughs> the, the burn, the, you realize you have chemically burned your skin to death. Um, and so, yeah, I could, I never, whenever I would be like, oh my God, you have beautiful skin. What are you using? They'd be like, magic. So I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. Because I'm, I'm light skinned. So I was like, if, if big damage is my skin, like, I'm going to turn out looking as red as a baby's ass. Yeah, it's, it's bad. I didn't and they'd be like, no, you got to use it like it says five minutes, but use it for like three minutes. And I'm like, no. no people no. would say like seven. And actually, a funny story. When I worked at Cobb County Correctional Facility um, back about a year and a half ago, there was a, a white guy who came in to the infirmary and his face was completely red. And he goes like, this. I said, well, what happened? People were like, we don't know what's happened to his skin. He had a skin infection on top of all this irritation. Like it was really, really bad. Like some wow. skin was peeling, it looked crazy. Wow. And so I said, well, what happened? You do anything different? You use any creams or anything? He said, well, you know, I got my roommate and, you know, he gave me this um, magic shave stuff because I, I wanted to shave before my court appearance. And I want to make sure I look good. <laughs> and so he goes, so he told me to leave it on for 15 minutes. Ooh! And so I said, I looked at him and I said, um, I, said, I said, so your roommate's black? And he said, yeah. And I said, man, you just got made. Like, <laughs> like he really got you. And I could Ooh, tell. He don't like you. He and your friend. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't tell a white person to put that shit on for 15 minutes, much less a black person to put it on for 15 minutes, because everybody knows you're not supposed to leave it on for more than like five to seven minutes. You, at the feel, it. you feel it. <laughs> yeah. And so he left it on because he thought it was working. And his face was like wrecked. We had to give him antibiotics, creams, wow. all this other stuff. And he was really, he was really having trouble with it. Yeah. And I think that's important to note because I think, of course, I started and watching my dad, dad very military. My dad was so military, he would actually shave with like a knife. Like it was like wow. for real, like, like a blade. Like a blade. He right, would like yeah. be doing a thing. And magic shave would be one of those things. So I started there, of course, and I quickly realized that that wasn't for me. No. <laughs> not <laughs> it was, for everybody. It was not for me. Um, so in terms of like, we, we talked about razor bumps, like razor bump pain. Like, are there things that you know of that you could recommend for like, if somebody's experiencing pain with razor Well, bumps. I mean, if it's anything that ends in itis, like folliculitis is just inflammation of the hair follicles. So simple things would be if you wanted to use like a topical cream, like hydrocortisone cream or some kind of steroid cream, like the 1% with aloe vera will reduce the inflammation. If you really have a lot of pain, ibuprofen, Motrin will reduce inflammation. But usually what they tell you is that you, if you really bump up, the dermatologist will tell you to one, let the beard grow out, but they'll also tell you to really put like a warm washcloth on the area mm. to kind of relax. What it does is it opens up the pores a little bit and allows the hair follicles to kind of come out, the hair to come out of the follicles themselves. Sometimes if it gets really severe, um, 
on the back of the neck, like if you have razor bumps on the back of the neck or underneath the beard, they'll do actually steroid injections into the area to kind of calm them down. Sometimes we give creams that have antibiotics in them as well. They'll do laser hair removal if it becomes a problem when you're shaving. But usually the best way is prevention. So what they'll say is that if you have trouble with bumping up, stay in the shower for a long period of time, get it nice and steamed up, use a washcloth, those kind of things, always shave down, use a single blade, not one of those like mm-hmm. six blades with the gel and the running mm-hmm. motor on it with the razor and that kind of stuff. And then they say, you know, just to kind of use a nice moisturizer with aloe vera or something that's um, hypoallergenic so it doesn't really cause any allergies to your skin. But the main thing I think is kind of steaming the hair follicles mm-hmm. and kind of getting them, you know, moist and kind of open Sounds like I'm preparing for somebody that has to <laughs> Sorry. Hot shower, moist, open. Sorry about that. Anyway, we're talking about hair follicles. Back to you, Michael. <laughs> no, I was thinking it's funny you were saying that. Like, so I first started growing kind of the kind of beard that most people start off with, which is kind of a close but very tailored beard that the barber used to use the straight razor to develop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and in D.C. in the early in the early 2000s, it was very popular to kind of like that was when zining first became like a thing. Oh, um, but, but, you know, and it was different when you went to the barber to get it done versus these kids at home. Mm-hmm. And then they come out looking like a clown with giant eyebrows and giant you know, blocks <laughs> of black, um, which has now kind of become like a running joke. Right. In, in popular culture. But in you know early 2000s, D.C., you would go and you spend a lot of money. This, I mean, this would be like going to get my hair did, like the like a sister, would be $55 to get the line up with the beard. And they would also, like you said, David, put the hot cloth on your face afterwards because they had used a straight razor, straight razor, which, you know, is like death to black men's skin normally. And I wouldn't bump up. I wouldn't, I would never bump up when they would do their thing. But the trick was you had to keep it up. Like you couldn't let it grow out. You had to continually, like you would go get a line up again in a few days and, um, and it was expensive and it was a lot of maintenance. Um, and then later when my head stopped growing on the top and I started getting thicker, I think it became like an aesthetic choice. Like I I enjoyed having a, a, a jawline that was visible. And then as I got thicker, that jawline was less visible. Um, and a beard became a way to camouflage that change and to also frame my new face, right? Like, and so as I stopped having hair on the top, the new framing focus became the beard um, because that, you know, that was a look people understood and associated with big guys, right? It was like having a beard. Yeah, You know, what's uh, interesting too. Um, and I want to say to the viewers out there, if you're watching and you want to give us your tips about, and just chime in about what you use to kind of condition please. color, you know, keep your beard, prevent razor bumps, like throw in anything that, Think may be useful to this conversation and let us know what you use. But what's interesting, Michael, is that I think, you know, when, when it comes to black gay men, we're a lot more, um, I'd say, not, not say narcissistic, but more image conscious than people. Oh, yeah. think. And I also remember back in the day when the HIV medications used to cause a lot of fat wasting. Mm. There were a lot of brothers that were on medications and then they would grow a beard because the beard would fill up that wasting that they had ah. sometimes. So again, it's like for cosmetic purposes, like you mentioned your jawline, but I think, you know, one of the things we have to realize with this cultural thing is that we are aware of how we look. We are aware of how people see us. We are aware of what we think looks bad or we don't feel comfortable 
um, in how we uh, we're presenting ourselves. And sometimes beards can like enhance that image. Mm -hmm. And so people can grow them for a multitude of reasons. Absolutely. It also signals masculinity to people, even though now that's kind of a joke too. You know, like now it's assumed that like, uh, I remember Tim's used to be the, one of the signals, Tim's and uh, a fitted and a wife beater. And then that became like the joke that uh, very thin guys would put on male drag or butch drag. And now the beard is considered part of that drag. Um, so yeah, but again, I think it's, it's a culture. Yeah, and I do want to um, really quickly acknowledge um, a couple of comments because I do want to, you know, Ed, we're going to come back to this because Ed did say, hey, when I lived in Philly, uh, he actually met a Muslim uh, barber who refused to cut people's beards. Like wow. it was serious. Yeah. Thank you. For, I've never experienced, uh, I'd never heard of that before. And I also want to say hey to Lamont and to Ivan who have joined us. Hey, Lamont. Hey, Ivan. Um, Maurice had a comment here, said, um, Maurice said, I think I also grew a beard because it took forever for me to get facial hair. Mm. Um, one of my brothers doesn't grow facial hair at all. And then, so for him to even grow any kind of beard, um, he was holding on to it. So right. it took a really long time. And I remember specifically in my past, this connector right. took forever to have yeah. <laughs> probably well into my 20s before my beard connected. I used to take a a, a pencil and draw it, <laughs> draw it, connect it until it came in thick enough for it to happen. Like, I'm not the only one. I'm, people have mascara brushes. Let me tell you, I, I saw the kids come up with stuff in order to make that connect. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do, and then like yeah. there's the, the the there's the coloring too. Like you know, there's a lot of barbers. If you look at like Tyler Perry and a lot of his movies, they'll do the line. If you're starting to thin up here, they kind of do that ink or whatever that yes. shit is that mm -hmm. they put on the top of your head. I remember one barber did that to me as much well, one time, and I was like, I'm just gonna use clippers and shave the shit down. Like I'm not gonna go through this front <laughs> and then like wipe my head, and there'll be some black shit on my hand. Like I don't need that in my life right now. So, but I, I think people have done that with like beards to kind of connect the dots and make uh -huh. it even. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen people like tattoo beards and tattoo eyebrows really? um, okay. to kind of like give that more permanent feel. And especially, and I mean, I imagine if you can't grow, if you have thinner eyebrows, like some people think that thick eyebrows are a big thing or just having a nice symmetrical full flesh beard. So they'll put like, I've seen people with these kind of like drawn in beards. Um, it's really interesting. But I think part of the beard culture is like the way it feels. Yes. Um, we can yes, talk about that, like must. the way it feels like when you kiss a man with a beard yes. and kind of how that feels, the roughness against right. your face, how it feels when he's giving you head or when he's mm -hmm. eating your ass or, you know, kind of what y'all are doing. Yeah, I'm going to take the Alvin shaking his head because he said, but these are the things <laughs> that our viewers want us to talk about. They just want you to talk about it, Dave. <laughs> We talk about all the medical stuff and the cultural stuff, but I mean, obviously, there's a sensual piece to this. There is. Um, right. And there is a lot, like you said, that's wrapped up in our masculinity, mm -hmm. our attractiveness, um, how people see us, whether they see us as a top or a bottom, or what we're going to do with our sexual mm -hmm. roles. And there's also something to the feel of it and yep. to, you know, what it does and how it feels on your skin and how it feels when it touches someone else's skin. So I think we'd be lying to ourselves to say that that's not a part of all this. No, Alvin. Uh, no, and I, I do want to pick. So one of the things that I um, that I found in the past, and I, it's not something that I realized before, but in those instances where I completely shave off my beard, mm -hmm. which I do fairly regularly, right, and then it begins to grow back, the stubble 
is can be painful mm -hmm. to your partner because nah. when it started to grow back, you know, it could be it could be sticky. Yeah. And it was something that I had to be told. Um, you know, because I didn't Cause you know, were going to town. Because I and didn't like, feel it. And they're like, listen, keep in mind the stubble is the stubble. And I was like, oh, I'm I didn't sorry. think of that. Right. right. Um, yeah. so it is something that, you know, being so regardless, people recognize it. Absolutely. Or they can feel it. Yeah, I think I mean at this point, the only time I ever have to worry about stubble is like if because I, I groom myself. Is if I get too happy with the razor and it goes too low, right. then I got to start, I got to bring back my line up naturally and let it grow out. Then I have a little stubble there. But no, the rest of this is soft, baby. This baby's soft. But I see Edward Scott Jr. Is that Edward Scott Jr. who's saying, yeah, now we talking, yes. baby? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tell them, because I'm keeping it real on revolutionary health. We're going to talk about the biomedical stuff. We'll talk about the social cultural stuff. But let's yeah. talk about sensuality, sexuality, and how it's wrapped up in our beards and how that feels. Well, this is going to feel like butter, baby. This is yes. gonna, it's not, you know, and no roughness going on over here. Michael, you single? Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now, viewers. You yes. want to some smooth baby butter beard on you? Yes, smooth so, baby butter beard. Michael, I do think that brings up a question. So I have had, like, I have had brothers legitimately caress like in the mm. the process of sensuality like caress my beard mm -hmm. and which feels really really good i don't know i don't know if you've had that experience but i i remember I've he's not in his head you know he's had that experience come on now that's part of the reinforcement to keep it the beard right, <laughs> tell it michael no i mean yeah i i i mean people i get compliments on it uh you know people recognize it and notice it i mean it's definitely at this point an aesthetic choice based on purely narcissistic reasons. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't look as good to me at this point without facial hair. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think for me it's, I couldn't imagine not having a beard. So I guess when it goes out of style, I'm gonna be that old man who's still rocking the old style <laughs> from back in the day, cause I wouldn't give up my beard Come on when it went out of style, right? Like, You know who I thought about who has a good beard that I could have reached out to, to well, he wouldn't have been able to be on the show physically. Um, but Darnell Moore has a great beard. Darnell. Oh, uh, yeah. Author of, um, With the salt and pepper in it. Yeah, because he, Darnell, and I don't know whether he actually colors this. So, Darnell, if you're watching this, you need to let us know because it's almost like a thin little streak. Mm -hmm. um, it's right in the middle of the beard. Yeah. And I was like, is that calculated? Did he like a cartoon it? character drew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, drew. Like he did some like Nightmare on the Street, 1984 version, and went back into the dream. You better go for back. Nancy. You so gotta go back to Nancy. <laughs> aged a little bit up in here so yeah i don't know but that that's kind of hot too like you can have like the salt and pepper but you can have a little streak i think there's wonderful creativity and like Absolutely. for guys we can't be that creative a lot of times with our dress sometimes we can sometimes we can't but like that's one of those things i think with beards mm -hmm. that you can really distinguish yourself with and with your facial hair and i think that's why it's so part of the reason why it's so important to us because we can do so many things with it that kind of make us original make yes. us unique um, and it kind of sets us apart from other people. Yeah, Absolutely. I've seen people dye it auburn. Or I've seen people mm -hmm. dye it blonde mm -hmm. um, and play with it. Yeah, absolutely. And what I will do, because um, uh, I do want to get to a couple more comments. Yeah. Um, I will put a picture of me during my poetry days when I was, when I was a poet. Mm -hmm. And I had this really unique, I don't know what I was doing, but I was apparently... <laughs> 
doing just this really interesting thing with my beard where there was no connect. It was a point. It was a lot of things. I'll put it in the comments for when y'all come <laughs> he back. He was serving it up to the kids. Oh, That's really, what he, he was, was doing. And doing poetry or whatever. A <laughs> uh, couple more comments. Steven um, said he uses jojoba oil in his beard at night and washes it thoroughly before dinner. Every night? I don't know, Stephen. That's a that's a question for you. If you're still watching, do you do um, do you do your regimen every night? Because that would be um, a good question. So um, we had John Jordan say hello. We had Ashton say hey. We hey, had yeah. Lamont say he's loving the beard tips. So um, thank you for that. No, what do you guys do? Like, because we didn't. I don't know if we really talked. We talked about razor bumps and growing up, as, but we didn't really talk about daily maintenance and conditioning and cleaning, washing, shampoo, like, so Michael, I know Johnny has a baby beard. Yeah. Compared to yours, like, what do you do when it gets, and what would your advice be to viewers so, about how to take I brought it? some things. I brought, <laughs> I brought tools. Yes. I brought tools. So I use a badger brush, mm -hmm. um, and I use a wide tooth comb um, for my beard. And um, in terms of, like, maintenance, you know, people spend a lot of money on these beard products. God bless you. Um, I did my own research over the years and found that um, just, you know, regular shampoo and conditioner when I'm in the shower, I do soak it up and do all that because I dye my beard about twice a week. Um, that obviously I'm always having to make sure I'm soaping and shampooing and conditioning. Uh oh, we froze. Hey, we may, we may have um... cocoa butter oil. Okay. Um, and I mix those two together and and I brush it into my beard and then I comb it into my beard. I don't spend all of that money on disgusting. I mean, one of the things I found over the years from trial and error is um, some of that stuff looks great at first, maybe like the first hour and then it dries out. The cocoa butter oil doesn't dry out. It still gives you a kind of a glistening, fresh look um, for the whole day. Um, I get compliments on all day. People are really shocked when I say, I just been like a little $5, you know, baby oil gel. And we froze a little bit, Michael. You were mentioning about the um, the cocoa butter oil, and I wanted to kind of have you describe that again. You said cocoa butter oil and something else you were mixing in. I think we froze up for a second. Yeah. And we may have froze up again. Yeah, so we may have lost. Um, so I think we are still going. I think Michael may have froze up a little bit. Okay. So one of the things I wanted to go to as uh, Michael comes back um, is, uh, and we'll just come straight to the to the main camera. But um, Stephen mentions that, because uh, we asked the question about what Stephen does. Right. Um, Stephen does it three nights a week. Good. Um, Stephen got a crispy beard. Go ahead, Yeah. Stephen. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for that, Stephen. And um, Ed Scott mentions that they um, also oil daily um, in deep washes two to three times per week um, and combs with a wooden comb only. Okay. Thank you for that that feedback, um, Ed. That that that's really good. Um, I still shampoo mm -hmm. my beard, mm -hmm. um, so it gets clean. Like it it goes through when I do my facial regimen every day. Like it gets touched, but then um, about two or three times a week, like I'll take some like shampoo and some conditioner to mm -hmm. and um, do that to my beard. So um, it's the, it keeps it moist. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, and I think there's probably different stages what you can do. When it's when you're growing it, when you have it, that's kind of low. Ah, there we go. Michael's back with us. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where it went off. Yeah, we froze. A, we froze a couple times, but I, you were saying something about um, 
cocoa butter oil and some other stuff that you mixed in when you first froze up. Can you describe yeah, so I use uh, baby oil gel, regular Johnson & Johnson baby oil gel mixed with Dr. Palmer's coconut oil spritz. And I mix those together and brush it into my beard and then I comb it into the beard and it lasts all day. Um, yeah. Excellent. But the badger brush is critical and, and a good wide tooth comb because the, the teeth of the comb determine the shape of your beard. Okay. Yeah. Come on with sculpting your beard. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Beard> sculpted. <up. laughs> yeah. I want to grow mine out now. Shit. I think you should. I think we should put up the picture. Yeah, let's grow ours Alvin. out, Alvin. Let's so, do that. Alvin We're catch up with you, Michael. Now Come on. <laughs> We're going to do it. <laughs> so, that's right. right. Beard month, no shave September. So yeah, how about that, Michael? You ain't the only one with a fluffy, soft beard. Yes, come on with it. Come on with it. Now I will say the one thing you have to watch after you eat, because unless you got you good know. friends in your life, <laughs> you'll be thinking you cute and fly. You'll be sitting around with a piece of chicken stuck in your <laughs> Very, very cute. It catches everything. It catches it all. Okay. Y'all, uh, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Dr. Malbridge, for this lively discussion on beards. Thank you for all, uh, everyone who's been watching and chiming in. We appreciate you. Um, so uh, we're doing a show next week. We're excited about next week's show. Yeah, so next week's show, we're going to actually be featuring Mark James, who is a black gay masseuse here in Atlanta, Georgia, and hails originally, I believe, from St. Thomas. Um, or St. Croix, I think it's St. Thomas though. But I've been going to him for years. I haven't gone back for a massage, but um, Mark James is on YouTube. Um, I think his station is called Island Spa. And he also sells a lot of natural oils, candles, waxes, all this kind of soaps, all these different things. And he's been in business for a long, long period of time. And he's a wonderful, wonderful brother, gives great massages. And we're gonna actually have him demonstrate a massage live next week on Facebook Live. And so you're gonna watch him and what he does um, with a subject uh, to be named later. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I was thinking Charles. No, Charles, Charles is maybe. not doing Charles that. Won't be able to do it. No. Yeah, Michael's even laughing. He's like, there's no way in hell Charles He's not doing that. So no. we're going to find somebody that he can do a massage, and Mark is going to talk a lot about the benefits of massage because most of his clientele, if not all of them, are black gay men, and he's very um, specific and unapologetic about that. So I think for black gay men, whether you have an athletic body, whether you are having a certain complaint, Mark will show us like what he does with the massage and what kind of techniques he used and kind of the, the benefits of mm -hmm. massage therapy that I think are good for all our health. Absolutely. And so for those of you that are watching, please shoot us an inbox. You can certainly leave a comment here if you have something that you want Mark to cover. So if there's a particular injury or there's something in particular that you have a question about as it relates to massage, we will have um, Mark James with us next week and uh, we'll be able to answer some questions. I think it'll be wonderful. Absolutely. So once again, want to thank everybody for joining us on Revolutionary Health this week. Um, once again, you can follow us um, on Twitter at Building Desire and on Instagram at The Counter Narrative. Please subscribe to our um, YouTube page. Um, you can go there and see all of the, our previous uh, Revolutionary Health videos and um, visit us and join our mailing list. So thecounternarrative.org. So you can make sure that you stay in touch with everything that we do. So thank y'all so thank much you. for being with us. Thank you, Michael. And we'll thank see you. you. <laughs>
See you guys later. Bye.